0: Sportsnet 5'9 in the fan, Ben Ennis, gunning, and his friend gunning that, of course. Sheldon Keith is Martin Jones gets beaten three times off weirdo deflections. Leaf says, you mentioned zero mm-hmm. power play opportunities. First regulation loss in 10 games as they fall 5 2 to the Rangers. What are you gonna do? I guess is the big takeaway from yesterday's game.
1: Yeah, there is certainly uh, an element to that. I mean, you know, they could. Could have got a power play. I haven't done much ref grousing this year, so a nice little platform for me to do so. But, I, I mean, I just want to start by saying it was a great hockey game last night. Like, we, we, talk, we have spent a lot of time this week specifically talking about, yeah, What is a regular season anyway? What's the meaning of life? It's to watch games like that. Yeah, you wish the Leafs were on the five side of the margin as opposed to the two, but that was just a really competitive, fast, fun hockey game, long stretches of play Mm -hmm. without a whistle. So before I do too much complaining and grousing and whining. Congratulations, hockey. Yeah, good job. You did it. No, not congratulations. Just let's all, (laughs) again, we said let's get so bogged down in the minutiae of life. What's the point of sports? I mean, it's for the Leafs to win. Not that yeah. that's ever going to happen in the grand scheme of things one day. But it's to enjoy yourself for two and a half hours or whatever I it was. Did, and I thoroughly right. did last it night. Was so.
0: a, it was a good hockey game and a close hockey game for the, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a confounding hockey game. Yeah. It was a slow start, though, as Sheldon Keith mentioned. Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah, it was a weird little first period. Leafs hung in there against... Uh, well, I was gonna say one of, but like according to points percentage, the best team in the National Hockey League. That, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about this year. We talk about a flattened talent pool and all the parity. Yep. That New York Rangers team better than all others this season in accumulating points. And Leafs put seven on them at MSG. And mm-hmm. okay, they got beat at home, but yeah, uh, as a result of a bunch of fluky bounces. I feel like I, li- I like when a show has a theme. Mm. I feel like today I got a couple of different thought topics about. Uh, luck today T- today's theme is luck okay so i i don't like, is it do you because do- you feel lucky to work with me every day that's d- yeah that's it that was the impetus no it's because there's i don't think another takeaway than yesterday there was a lot of luck involved yes okay and that's fine sports like there there's luck involved in sports and mm-hmm. I, in fact I, I think it's good that there's luck involved in sports If if it was just hey there's no luck involved. Right. We The results would be predetermined. We wouldn't need to play the games. You're like Stratomatic Baseball. Have the Leafs been lucky mm-hmm. to this point? Because Morgan Riley also after the game was like, yeah, we got in our fair share of bounces, and it's like it's uh, just about time for the bounces to go against us. Yep. Have the Leafs been on the positive side of the luck ledger this season?
1: Uh, this season, yes. I don't think anybody in their right mind could ever say that the Toronto Maple Leafs by and large, or a lucky franchise, I don't think anybody could go as far as to say that, or they would have got one of the right bounces between 1967 and right now. I don't, yeah. I don't think you get to the drought they've had by being overall a lucky franchise. It's but, funny because, like, I
0: agree with right. you, and like we can go over the last seven years of the postseason yeah. and all the winner-take-all games, I can like, go back oh, an overtime I games, to, yeah. yeah, sure. But I, I, I do like that does cloud over a lot of luck that this franchise has gotten for sure. And we'll talk about the Sabres and like them being unable to get out of their own way with Mm -hmm. all the, the high picks and the good young players and the senators just fired their head coach. Lee's got first overall selection at a time in which there was a generational star available. They they didn't win the Connor McDavid lottery, but they won the Austin Matthews one and not the Alex Lafreniere one, Mm -hmm. which changed the course of their franchise. And they haven't missed the playoffs since they've had him. Yeah. So, like, where does that fall in the discussion of luck? I mean,
1: you have to put... If you're just doing, like, you know, checks and minuses in the ledger, it's like that's not one, two, or three checks. That's all the checks you could possibly ask for outside of winning the McDavid lottery and... I don't think people view him necessarily as a better player, but I think some people would probably throw this name in there as well. I mean, Bedard, I'm just going to leave out of the equation because it was so recent. I think the one other person that people would maybe say that you would feel just as or close to as lucky to have won the lottery is the McKinnon year because we think he's wired in that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't think. We've seen it. He is wired in in that Sid mold. And yeah, he has a cup. So I think that those are the two that people would hold up. But yeah, they got a ton of luck. I mean, you bring up Lafreniere. This was a guy who you know Austin Matthews being an American coming up through Switzerland he was a bit of an unknown but he was talked about in these generational terms but Go back to go back to Lafreniere and the way he was discussed. Yeah. It was it was maybe not McDavid, but he was considered that just half a step below.
0: No, it wasn't like the Nico Hischer uh, no. Nolan Patrick year.
1: No, no, no. It certainly was not. He was considered to be a A plus prize. You go back and look at moments he had in the world juniors for this country. It wasn't just that he was a talented player. He obviously was that. He had a lot of moments where he put this country on his back. And it was that he was feisty. You even go to earlier moments in his NHL career when not last year, but two years ago when the Rangers made their run, he was part of a kid line and you're sitting there thinking, Ooh, okay. Is this the, is this almost the evolution that David Pasternak took in Boston where you say, Oh, this is a guy who's joining a winning team. He's going to pick up all the right lessons and it just hasn't clicked the way you would have expected it to. And to your point, how much of that is nature? How much of that is nurture? Well, I don't think they're doing bad nurturing over there in New York necessarily, mm-hmm. although they have a second overall pick who yeah, isn't doing anything Capo either Caco. in Capocaco. So it's, yeah. a very, it's a very <laughs> uh, confounding situation yeah. over there. But, yeah, how can you look at the Leafs winning the math? Or, or, you know, to, I'll throw one other log on the luck fire. Dylan Strome going at three ahead of Mitch Marner. Yeah. Uh yes, please. Thank you very much. I think we all are very happy to have the small winger instead of the big center, mm-hmm. which was the discussion then. The defensemen that people there were certainly people in the Leafs organization well, saying, Hannafin. No, no, you gotta get it be it Hannafin. I think Provorov was another guy up there in, for that draft. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of luck goes into it for sure.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, I, and I brought it up, so I, I shouldn't be uh, upset that we diverged from mm-hmm. like the micro of the luck of this season because, yeah, I, I do want to have the macro yeah. of the luck of this Leafs team over the last seven, eight years now. But, yeah, in the, in the micro of this year, I do think they've been lucky. And you know what the biggest indication is? It's not PDO. You know what gets me? Mm. It's like, oh, well, PDO, they're PDO, which is for the uninitiated, you combine save percentage and shooting percentage. And if you're like over Mm 1,000, that's uh, all you're getting the bounces. No, what you're getting is good goaltending and capable shooters, which is actually... So, are we just saying goaltending's luck then?
1: Well, like, I think I think the shooting percentage part of it is much more luck. I do, when you're looking at overall it team shooting. Depends on shooting, who
0: you're talking about. No,
1: but when it's team shooting percentage, I think that there's, yeah, there is. Yeah, but
0: what if you've got the guy that takes the most shots, who's the highest shooting, like he's gonna shoot 17 percent? Well, okay, this is, and this is the
1: thing about Austin Matthews being an outlier in that regard. Like, you know, I just uh, I'll admit when you go to Canu- when you go to PDO, my mind just immediately goes to Canucks, and yeah, I don't think
0: the leaders because they're
1: the leaders. And Elias Pettersson is a good player. He's not Austin Matthews. Sorry, everybody in Vancouver. Well, I think there's a certain element of it. But what I'd say, what I'm trying to say to that is. I think goaltending is real. I think it's voodoo, and I think it's <laughs> fluky at times, but I think yeah. it is a real thing. When you have a good goaltender or a goaltender is in a good mode, that is a thing you can bank on for, you know, a period of time. Maybe it's three days. Maybe it's three years. Yeah. Who knows? Go ask John Gibson or or, or Igor Shostakum, for that matter, mm. earlier on. Oh, they figured him out, by the way. You just shoot high over his glove. Right. So I think there's some element of it. The shooting percentage part of that I think is a lot – luckier than the save percentage part. But I the goaltending thing has always been the weirdest thing because we've done this in this city here where the Leafs, you know, it happened more in the kind of Freddie Anderson – Freddie Anderson Jack Campbell run where they'd have a night where one of those guys stands on their head and everyone go, Oh, this Leafs team, you can't win like that. Uh no, the goalie's on the team. Mm-hmm. He just like Austin Matt the yeah. Leafs don't have to apologize when Austin Matthews shoots two in the net. <laughs> yeah. The Rangers shouldn't have to apologize if Shasturka makes fifty saves. There's you know?
0: there's more they like there's more um Skaters in the world than there are uh, goalies, so mm-hmm. that we can like easily, we can, we have an easier time of quantifying what Austin Matthews does yeah. than what the goalie does. But, you know, the people making the decisions are supposed to be smart enough about that position that they, they're supposed to be able to evaluate goaltending and acquire good goaltending mm-hmm. and put the right resources towards goaltending. So I don't think it's PDO. Okay. Like, when we were talking about like what is. Luck. Okay. I think you can look at an individual game and you can look at the individual For goals sure. and like three of them going in the way they did yesterday. Like that's, I mean, especially lucky. the, what
1: was it? The second, the third one, the, that, that crazy, I mean, the crazy <laughs> pinball one, one though. Yeah, come on. Yeah,
0: wasn't all, that The first one. Was that the first? I, don't know. I don't know. They're it's all running 100 years ago Oh wait, no, it was no, yesterday. It was literally last yeah, night. Yeah, it was hours ago. Um, yeah, they were all lucky. Three of them. They got three lucky goals. I will say. Okay, so in like if you just watch yep. the, the the game, you can identify identify what luck is. But I would say if there's like if you're looking for a number mm-hmm. for me, yes, it's not PDO. Okay, because again, like okay, I, I don't know how to evaluate goaltending, but there is a, a, a way. Like you can do it. And shooting percentage. They keep telling us. And, and shooting. I think Austin Matthews is always going to have an above average shooting Agreed. percentage because he's a capable shooter. I, and that's not lucky. No, that, that Austin Matthews shoots a bar down. No, and it goes into the net. That's Austin Matthews being a sixty goal scorer in his career. Biggest indicator for me, and and it and it does play into the fact that Maple Leafs have been lucky. Now, mm-hmm. not said they're not good because we're done doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they they're good. And again, aesthetically hung with the best team in the National Hockey League. Is one thing for me,
1: okay. I'm dying. You're teasing me. Tell me, it's, it's not gonna blow your no. mind. Okay,
0: shootout wins, they, they lead the NHL in shootout wins. Mm. It's not overtime wins, it's also kind of overtime wins, but it's specifically shootout wins. That's a roll of the dice and not something you can you can identify as, as a skill that you have year over year over year. At least have four of them. It leads the National Hockey League. That is. Lucky. Okay, that's it. That's that's the one thing that you can point to and say, "Oh, the Leafs have luck on their side. They've accumulated a bunch of points in this skills competition that has no relation to the the five on five hockey that's played, and even yeah, it doesn't have uh, much of a relation to the three on three hockey that's played, which doesn't also impact a, a team's you know projecting yep. towards the playoffs." But yeah, it, that that is luck. The Leafs have been lucky in the shootout. That's how I can identify that this season. Yes, in fact, they have been lucky.
1: I like that. And where my mind immediately went to is I mostly agree with that. But what if you have a UC Okunin type who's a shootout specialist? But guess what? They don't. Most teams don't. And I went to look at, so I pulled up as you were talking, the, the highest shootout percentage in NHL history. Uh, Petri Numelin with the Wild. Has, sure. sure. Eight goals in 10 attempts. Pretty good. The next highest is Trevor egress. It's 64%. And then it's just a whole bunch of guys in yeah, the 50 to 55 you know, cause it's, range. Cause it's, it's, it's luck yeah, it's, to your point. Exactly. Right. So even the guys, there's one guy who, again, I watch a lot. I can never hear this guy who we all think of, or there's one guy who actually is nails actually is lights out eight out of 10 times. And then even the best, it is more or less a 50, 50 mm-hmm. proposition. So I am 1000% with you there. Shootout wins are luck.
0: Yep. Uh, is officiating luck? Because uh Leafs uh, no. didn't get that bounce yesterday either. The it's Rangers not. get two power play attempts. They go two for two on the power yep. play. And yeah, taking advantage of some weirdo bounces. But Very what, weirdo. whatever. They go two for two on the power play. Uh Leafs went undefined on the power play because mm-hmm. they didn't get one. Like that's they didn't go zero percent because they didn't get one. They yeah. got undefined. You cannot define the percentage that the Leafs went on the power play yesterday. And no, were there like there are a million yep. examples of of Rangers players taking liberties with the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, I mean there is one that stands out. And was, yeah, Murner
1: got elbowed in the mouth. Oh,
0: I thought initially it was a high stick, but you see the replay, and it was like not intentional. So what? Like so what? <laughs> like so? Yeah, it's great
1: what? point. Great point made on the broadcast that a lot of trips are unintentional. Yeah,
0: no, so. like yeah, uh, really <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed that point. We, do we take intent into it? Okay, sorry. Yeah, manslaughter, not murder. No, it's like okay. Elbow made contact with the old, yep. the old nog in there. That's 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 a penalty, except it wasn't. So, as you know, the Leafs are uh, not exactly the, the, the team that spends a lot of time on the power play, mm-hmm. by which I mean now they are 30th in the league in power plays uh, given to them this season. That yeah. being said, they're also 31st in the number of penalties called against them, mm-hmm. right? So, like, there's just... Referees just put the whistles away in Leaf games. Yep. Is is there, I mean, like, do you want to do your, like, conspiracy of no. fun thing? Like, no, no, no. I, Okay. It, I, I will say that, like, zero power play opportunities stands out. It's the first time that's yep. happened this season. Didn't happen at all last season. You have to go all the way back two seasons ago where it happened twice in the span mm-hmm. of seven games against the Red Wings and, and Coyotes, I want to yep. say. Uh, so, yeah, this is... That's an outlier to not get a single power play opportunity.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of unlucky. Uh, You would also maybe say it was unlucky that they didn't get a five on three until what was a game 81 or game 82 last last year, right at the very, very end of the season. The fact that they also are a very non penalized team, to your point, they're very low in the league in that regard. It's what we've talked about with this team. And I thought that it would change with your Tyler Bertuzzi's and your Max Domey's of the world. The argument was the Leafs play a lot of these, you know, and I think it's overstated at times, but the argument was, well, the Leafs play a lot of these no hitters. This is what the games are like. If they're not taking men of penalties, you're not going to have the even up calls that we do tend to see in the NHL. The thing that irked me the most last night. And again, like, I don't, I don't need it to be the officiating show because I think that there was other parts of that game. It's all about the goaltending bounces, but I do. I don't think it was nothing is that the David camp penalty irked me because I've been watching leaf games. uh, This will shock you guys. I've been watching leaf games for a long time, but I've been watching this era of Leafs hockey incredibly closely. And generally speaking, when the Leafs are up in that spot, that's where they get called for the penalty. And it's almost as though the refs are going, all right, Here's your chance. You got Mm -hmm. a power play late in the game. And I'm not saying... I don't want the refs to do that. I don't want them inventing stuff or looking for infractions. Mm. But I was sitting there. in You the watch
0: thir- hockey long enough. Well, like, that's, that's not a penalty you usually see in that circumstance, and right? It, like, you really do have to go above and beyond when you're chasing the game.
1: If it was the other way around, you would usually see that as, ah,
0: there's your even-up
1: call. Right. All right, here's your chance. Go yeah. do something. You got your power play late in the game. Let's see what happens. Uh, and I don't know why the Leafs don't get that benefit of the doubt. Because in years past, I have thought, And I've rolled my eyes at the argument, but I think there's merit to it that when you play that style of game that's on the outside and you're not nasty and there's not as much physicality that you're not going to get as many calls against you and then there's not going to be as much calls in your favor. But the Leafs aren't that team this year. The Leafs have guys who are, I don't want to overstate it, they're not the Broad Street bullies, but... They are engaged in scrums. There's not players constantly skating away. There are players actively trying to start things. McCabe just killed a guy the last time these two teams played. The Leafs aren't that team anymore. So for them still to be officiated that way, it's odd to me. It's weird. And yeah, the the lack of a the lack of a I don't know, for lack of a better term, lifeline power play last night, which we have seen a million times Mm -hmm. in this league and a million times when the Leafs are up two goals in the third. It's hard. And I I don't think anybody was watching that game last night going, oh, the officials are the reason the Leafs lost. No, voodoo, magic, and crazy bounces are the reason the Leafs lost Mm. that game last night. But you have every right to be officiated. And this part I want to say as well. I'm happy Sheldon Keith said something about it. Well, he, I was going to get to that. forever. La- I I did 10 shows last year where I came on afterwards and said, not my money, easy for me to say I know. Take the fine, Sheldon. Yeah. Don't yell at Wes McCauley in the moment or whoever he was yelling at. Yell at Gary Bettman or Bill Daly after the fact well, and actually draw attention to this. So I'm happy he brought it up.
0: I'm is, happy he mentioned it. I mean, it. yeah, I mean, there's there's some negatives that are involved with having the pulpit of being the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs and and mm-hmm. and you know, having show like ours, like Real Kipper and Born, like so many in the city of Toronto that pour over the minutia of every single game. And it's like, well, you know, it's not good enough to just pick up two points. We have to do it in an aesthetically (laughs) pleasing way. Everybody's disappointing. we keep winning in shootouts, right? Like, that's the negative. The positive is that, like, if Sheldon Keefe, one of these days, did step to the microphone and say, this is ridiculous. Like, we're officiated differently than everybody else. And listen, do I want it so that, uh, you know, if if somebody has a power play opportunity, there's an even-up call Mm -hmm. later on in the game, and the officials are thinking about, you know, who's got the majority of power play opportunities and making sure that they you know, maybe even subconsciously, they want mm-hmm. it to be fair. Like, do I think that that's the correct way to officiate a pro sport? Not necessarily, but it's the way this sport yes. is officiated. So where was our power play opportunity? If Sheldon Keith stepped to the microphone yesterday and said that, guess what we're talking about? Like for, for the next three hours, for, for not for three, for like the next week. Oh, right. Yeah. Like the, the, the rest of the season, it, it becomes a narrative surrounding this team. And maybe it's a cop out, but like, Yeah, even if even if you don't fully believe it, like, Mm -hmm. is there not is there a non-zero chance that you come to the microphone and say that, and every time there's an official with a pre-game meeting with like Mm -hmm. their their, the officiating crew, they're not thinking about exactly that. Now maybe it works against you. Uh, That's where my 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 inclination would be that it probably wouldn't though.
1: I, I go the exact opposite way, and I will wholly admit that that is maybe my belief of just things never in the grand scheme of yeah, things Mr. work negativity. out for the tro- No, I'm not, Mister. I I want to be positive. I've just I've opened Do my you? well. <laughs> with most things in life, I'm actually totally good being the Grinch. You're right, but when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I would love nothing more than to just come on here and say, "Oh my God, they're so good for three hours every day because they mm. go 82 and 0 and march to a Stanley Cup." I'd love nothing more than that, but. I do think that if he does the... Forget even doing the Daryl Sutter. Where he goes, oh, I've been coached the least for five years. We've been oh getting hoes the whole time. The fact that that God. was no fine. <laughs> Daryl Sutter. I'm not even asking like him the to, opposite take. Yeah, I'm not even asking him to do that. But if he does the sarcastic Paul Maurice of, oh, boy, we're short shorthand for 8,000 right. minutes in the third. Yeah, it's
0: not like this doesn't happen. Like, even just like, no, yeah, but give, again, it, give us the 2-0 on your chest. But,
1: but... <laughs> This is the guy who got fined for not saying a thing publicly, which you would think the league cares about more, but yelling at an official in-game. And how can that not inform his decision of how the league will react if he doesn't do something, you know, not privately because we all have cameras on it, but no one knows what he said versus, no, I'm going to take a fine. I'm going to turn this into a story. I really do think it would go the other way. I'm not saying it would be so egregious that everyone in the world would go, Oh my God, the refs are screwing the Leafs over, but human nature, how can it not be in the back of your head
0: again? Uh, you know what? Let me update the numbers. Uh, cause I didn't look at them today after, after the game Leafs actually now have, uh, had the fewest shorthanded opportunities now this season, mm. 87. So they're, they're tied for 32nd with the St. Louis blues, uh, blues 87. And with zero power play opportunities yesterday, there are th- 31st so like they're actually doing better like if you're looking at the ledger yeah they're doing better in the overall not numbers wise because it's 87 to 85 87 times they've been shorthanded 85 times they've had a power play but yeah as far as comparing it against the rest of the league they've been they've had to kill off penalties less time than anybody else in the national hockey league and they've had power play opportunities almost Less than anybody else, but but not quite less than anybody well, else. Well, and people will say that that's your reason, right there, is that they play <laughs> so these. That's, l- that's that that seems fair. Then I guess is what you could say. Well, then I, it's hard to, it, hard to look at that. where, like, hey, they're they've actually not been shorthanded a bunch either. Yeah, and 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 say that okay, the, the the fix is in from the NHL head office or something.
1: Well, if you actually want me to do the tinfoil hat thing, which I don't wholly believe, but I think there's a small percentage of it. It's almost as though they know the make good even up. Uh, here's your chance, power play at the end of games is bad, and they didn't want to illuminate it in a leaf right. game. It's almost like so, like it's I don't actually I don't actually believe that, but I could squint not that hard and see that through mm.
0: through uh, through my vision there. All right, Austin Matthews uh, scores twice again. Is he good? At, he is at hockey. Good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now back on pace for more than 70 goals. Uh, it, You don't have to round up anymore. You can round up nice. to 71 now. Oh, that's good. But, yeah, it's over 70 goals. After missing a game, he returns from the flu. And... I'd like
1: him on pace for 67. I think that's a good omen. I, I,
0: it, I wholeheartedly disagree. Okay. He has 25, though this season, um, he scored 100% of the Leafs' goals yesterday. <laughs> good man, you're on fire. <laughs> That's pretty good. So this year, the core four, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, William Nylander, Mitch Marner, responsible for 62 of the 108 goals scored by the, uh, by the Toronto Maple Leafs. That is uh, 57% uh, of the scoring okay. has been done by those four dudes, yep. goal scoring. How do you think that compares to last season? It feels hmm,
1: it feels like they have had more secondary scoring this year.
0: I agree that it feels that way is not true. Hmm. Last year, uh, only 50% of goals were scored by the core four, one hundred 146 to 279, 52%. So this year, it's you know 57%.
1: What? I know that this is cheating. But, of course, uh, Dumbo. Matthews scored 40 last year. Nylander was on a heater to start the year. Wow, what a dumb answer I gave nine seconds ago. I would like to amend that. uh,
0: Delete that from the pod. Austin Matthews only scored 40 last year, which is the... So, okay, so... cutting, come on, smarten up. Okay, but you could look at those numbers and you could say, oh, once again, the thing that has bitten this Leafs Mm. team in the postseason is rearing its ugly head. I would would actually disagree. I mean, yeah, you, you look at... Okay, Noah Gregor has only five goals, but like that's a fourth line guy is going to be close to twenty goals. It's this not season. how you're
1: supposed to do the math of these things, but uh, that's four, four or five more than we would have expected from Zach Aston Reese, who was in that spot right. last year.
0: And you look at the third line, and and okay, again, like Max Domin only has two, but you that, yeah, he's that, a disher. He's not there to yeah, th- yeah. That line is capable. Like you, you look at that line each and every game, and you're like, okay, there's there's the possibility of a goal (laughs) being scored from that line. So I would say that the numbers are not indicative of what's actually happening this year. Because I'm, like you, I agree that it does feel like this team, even without the additions that we assume Mm -hmm. are going to be made, and some of them are going to be on the back end, some of them are going to be uh, in aid of their depth scoring yeah. issues. This does feel like a team that that actually has the, the possibility of scoring more goals out of the outside of the top six.
1: Yeah, it does and it's weird because I, you know, we've definitely hit a much better stride and I thought he was awesome again last night with Bertuzzi, but you know, like losing Bunting' goal, Bunting's goals is not nothing from that. Like he, you know, he wasn't a 30 goal man on this team but he was up around 16, 18 mm-hmm. every year, 50, 60 points. So yeah, the idea of Bertuzzi kind of filling in again like I'm not doing the apples to apples comparison but he's just kind of in that spot in the lineup and then nice I think is the other part of this as well that you know he he is your classic really talented young player and that he's almost like a it's like a big wild stallion like gets loose out of the barn every once in a while for like a, his big game. It's like he has his two goals in Tampa. He has his big fight night in Pittsburgh. And, you know, I thought he was good again last night. But with a it's a classic young player thing of you're going to go a week and a half, two weeks where you go. Yeah, I thought he was OK. I thought he was fine. I would have liked a little more. But you think he he's going to continue to grow and blossom as a player. And as he does that, it's only going to lead to more secondary scoring for this team. I know we don't think of it as secondary scoring because he's playing top
0: six with Matthews and Nylander. But guess what? He ain't a core four guy, so we're going to count it. Uh, Martin Jones now has a loss, as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Oh. Will not go unbeaten. The, the save percentage dropping to 930, as oh, a Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, goals against of 255. Five. Yeah, again, in net for all three weirdo bounces, yeah. and even the like partial break where... Tavares looks like he's, he's skating with cement boots on, and I understand he's—it's like not his guy, and there's a breakdown before that. But yeah. yeah, that's, that's a tough hey, look for hey, John
1: Tavares. Tavares was, look, he is John Tavares is all about putting himself in good spots. Uh-huh. He does that well. Somebody put him in a bad spot yesterday, and it looked bad. It was not it looked really bad.
0: Not ideal. Um – where are oh, we? Oh, can up? I, can I just while we're on Tavares
1: quickly? Can sure. I just say like you're going to roll your eyes, but it's like that's beautiful uh, pregame ceremony for his family. Good-looking there.
0: children. Oh my God, that you must have been loving the hair on the oh, kids. So it's looking great. M- yeah. My kids were like, "How do we get one of those sticks?" And I was like, "I don't know. Daddy's got to score a thousand points in the National Hockey League, well, I so mean, I guess I got to get on that." I, no, I
1: think you just put it on them and say, "All right, kids, it's all those yeah, second goals the big, in yeah, life. Yeah, you go right. get the big one." <laughs>
0: yeah, you're right. Then do do you I think, get a little one? <laughs> you, I, I would love for I, that to be the please case. Please request this right now. <laughs> okay, I think it's step it, to the mic. It might, it might be too late for the eight-year-old, even though oh, he's yeah, okay. So, all right, wow, and I will say the five-year-old is is uh, at a uh, at a higher uh rate of of uh improvement okay. than than my 8-year-old mm, was careful. at his at his age. So yeah. Okay. If he if he one day makes the National Hockey League scores a thousand points. I would like a little miniature hockey stick. Okay? I
1: also I would like that with my th- uh, three year old who I am have toe dragging in the in the living room with a mini stick right now. So yeah. we're, we're we're working on it. I would I, like that as well. And guess what? If I get it, mm-hmm. you could you could hold it once.
0: Thanks, buddy.
1: If we're no. still friends in
0: fifty years <laughs> or whenever sure this will. is happening, and yeah, we'll, definitely we'll be very much alive. Um, <laughs> I, I also love that everybody you get a painting for that too. Yeah. Where did, where do those go do you think like cuz it's Cause weird it, it, you can you you put, put picture- the trophies like of okay course. There, there's like there's definitely a trophy case that John Tavares has. You think, you know, some or, team Canada jersey, or, at his, jerseys, or at his
1: parents' house, if he's because he'd have a hard time walking in John Tavares' sure. house and seeing like, look over there. it's probably under tough. lock and key. He, you can't, right. go he he can't go in there. He doesn't
0: accidentally fall into the John He doesn't John let himself go in there. He's like, guy, I don't,
1: I don't deserve the honor of looking <laughs> at this room.
0: <laughs> and then the the painting of yourself too. That like, it, if you want to talk about like something that feels not in the John Tavares, I was going to say there's some guys that
1: would be dying to put that. Up.
0: Well, I mean, Alex Rodriguez had yeah. a commissioned painting of himself uh, no. as a centaur. So, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, obviously He's like, that There's... one
1: kind of sucks. Yeah. You're not even a godlike figure. It's just you. You.
0: <laughs> yeah. Three it separate profile pictures of, or uh, images of John Tavares uh, on a painting. I don't know. Again, yeah, it would
1: like. It'd be a weird look to imagine him having that, just like in his foyer when you walk in. Yeah, look at me. No, tough. doesn't doesn't seem like that's like me. Yeah, if but, he, I will say, I'm sure he really appreciates it. I'm sure he has someone close to him who wants it. But like, if if they need someone to hang it somewhere, I'd mm-hmm.
0: gladly put it in my home. Yeah, and he can have it back if if he asks for it. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, you'll <laughs> no, okay. maybe no, no, you're not saying it. Maybe not. All right, uh, Martin Jones. Like again. Fine. I don't have anything negative to say about no. Martin Jones, and I guess he was displeased with the, the the partial breakaway goal. But yeah, that was a weird. I mean, it wasn't a bad bounce, but that was yeah. A you didn't li- no, ball. you didn't like that one. I, I guess. I mean, it's it's yeah, a bouncing puck that looks like it's going top corner and like gets yeah, a yeah. piece of it and goes five hole. Okay, I guess. Like, yeah, you want that one back? Yeah, Fine for sure. I I don't I don't look at Martin Jones as much of the story yesterday at all.
1: No, God no, no. And that's the thing. It's just trying to keep the keep things in the rails. If Samsonov gave up that goal, we would be talking about it as you have to have that one from him. And Martin Jones, maybe we think there's a lower bar for him that we consider acceptable. And that is all fine. But yeah, he was far from the story last night. Calm. Again, this, if we're going to do, I don't, I don't necessarily
0: think you calm. need to turn today into the, no, but hold on. I, I don't know. think you need it to turn cracks today. me out, I though. Know. It's like, oh, Martin Jones, she's made for this. She's so calm in the net. Everybody, he's so, so calm. So, what a demeanor, not, incredible, not, incredible not, demeanor he has. Him and Joseph Wall, those guys, you get those two in a room, you won't hear an, a, a noise for two hours. They'll just sit there staring at exactly each other, not true. saying I anything. I believe that would happen. Yeah.
1: But I, you know me, I my ability to suss out things for goaltenders that I feel in my heart I did when he gave out the belt uh, in one of the Leafs like blueprint things they put out he just very calm it's like everyone fired <laughs> up big game and he's like calm. oh yeah I thought the boys were great <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make of that is that a goalie like Samsonov, it is entirely possible that the first or second crazy goal goes in and it kind of breaks him mm-hmm. we've seen it happen before where the bad one goes in it's a bad night and he's just chasing it it didn't happen for Martin Jones. And I think it's because part of it is that no one expects anything from him. So he just gets to sit there and net and go, oh, what do you want from me? There are three bad bounces tonight. I let in two, other, or I let in one other goal. Well, what 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 are you looking at me? I'm Martin Jones. I was in the AHL and you don't even let me play all the games down there. So what could you possibly mm-hmm. expect from me? I think there's some element to that, but I also think there's an element of just a guy who's been through the wars and he's played on a million teams and he's played in big games before. And he's played, you know, a, I a mean, cup d- final a cup final, right. And it's just – you think three bad bounces on a Tuesday in December are going to phase that guy?
0: No. I don't. And you I know do why? think Because he's, po- already, he's already made his money. He's and just like trying to, to hang too. on. Like he's the, – the, 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 the stakes are different for Martin Jones than they are for Ilya Samsonov who's like, oh, my God. Like another bad goal goes in. I get another bad week of games, another bad game mm-hmm. individual. I'm going to lose my job to 33-year-old guy trying to hang on – Onto a job, in yep. Martin Jones headed into unrestricted free agency, where like, w- w- what? Do, I'm I'm probably not being handed a starting job next season. I like, know. my career might not be over, but it like be you be could, over over y- yeah, though. but you could uh, you go from a guy that like feels like an established upper end starter a year ago to yeah, okay, you can back up somewhere mm-hmm. and and maybe you get lucky and you get an opportunity to to reestablish yourself as a starter, but no, that your career it looks a lot different than it did a year ago. Where Martin Jones is like, yeah, I'm not a Hall of Famer. Nobody's going to... But like, yeah, you think of some of the the great goaltending seasons over the last 20 years, and that's in there. And again, cup finals, and he's done the job more often than not. The the bulk of Martin Jones' career is in the rearview mirror. He's got nothing left to prove. This is all all gravy for Martin Jones.
1: Yeah, it is, and we haven't even heard the... You know, like so much of the Ryan Reeves coming here. The story was, yeah, you know, they're going to give him three years of $1.3 million. He's going to come here. But it was also, you know, a good turn in Toronto. Things go well. What does that set him up for his post-playing days? I don't even think, again, like just everything we know about Martin Jones. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like the most excitable guy. I don't think he's dying to set up a media career for himself. I mean, maybe, never say never. But I don't even think that is sitting there in the back of his head like it could be with some other players at this stage. And I I also wonder what, how much of it is just he's really appreciative of it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he gets through waivers. He's with the Marlies. He's sitting there going, okay, wall looks great. Where is the path for me? And all of a sudden it's right there. Mm-hmm. And I, I do wonder how much of that is a guy just – You know, every day, I'm sure players, every player in the NHL wakes up and they should feel so lucky for it. But guess what? At a certain point, it's just your life. It's just a job. And I think there's probably some element of Martin Jones that's really, again, appreciative to be at this kind of stage again.
0: Yeah, he's Dante and Clarks. He's not even supposed to be here today, right? Like, he's not. He's, it's fine. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's nothing but upside for Martin Jones. Like, oh, Martin Jones stinks. Oh, I'm shocked. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, the goalie who <laughs> snuck through waivers went again. The
1: Leafs signed a guy That's, out of Finland no. in the middle of the
0: year, and he immediately got claimed. Yeah. No, it's nothing but upside for Martin Jones. It's A great spot to be in, honestly, in really pro is. sports to be to have no expectation to 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 get the bar for success to be super low, and mm-hmm. for you to come out of the gates exceeding it with the good surrounding cast. Hard to imagine a better totally. situation. All right, anything else in this game? All
1: right, a couple other things. Nice. i really thought he was—he's kind of brimming with confidence right now. <laughs> I, I feel like there's just a little more holding on to the puck. There was a moment last night where he just just chips it wide on Truba, and you know it's not the Truba was going to lay him out without the puck, but that's still Jacob Truba, and he just seems completely unfazed by it. You know, I sometimes think we make too much of moments in players' career, but. And I don't think that fight on Saturday night is going to be some sea change moment for him, but... You know, I don't. I I barely remember it, but I remember being twenty two years old. Things go well for you, and it I just changes your. Okay, well, I remember the feeling of it, anyways. I, I guess. don't. Is you know, things go well for you, and it's like you feel like you could take on the whole world. You feel like did. everything. Okay, well, <laughs> get on the page, buddy. I hate myself now, but I didn't when I was twenty two. Okay, so I remember. I remember feeling that way. I can only imagine how it is for Matthew Nyes. I thought he was really, really kind of brimming last night, and then. Uh, this is uh, you know, something I kind of want to talk to Sam about when we have him on a little later on, but. Uh, we I felt like we got tinkering Sheldon back a bit last mm-hmm. night with the with the d pairs. Not I don't want to make too much of it, but Morgan Riley played over eight minutes with two different partners last night, and I don't think there's a problem with that. I think that this is one of the things Sheldon Keith has done well has had a good feel for the game of who should play with who. But it was it's notice it was very notable to me because we really haven't seen that much. He's moved the lines around a little game to game, but in game there hasn't been as much of that. So that that kind of jumped out to me, and I wonder. It's like, what is that? Cause he can't be seeing his team right now and going, nah, this is no good. I got to find the solution. Is he just one of those guys? Is he like the guy in your fantasy league? Who just like, hey, I got to make a trade. I got to do something. Mm-hmm. Does he just have an itchy trigger finger back there? What was he seeing? I, uh, I thought it was interesting that we finally saw that a bit last night.
0: Yeah. Tim and say Lilligren's been handed a lot of responsibility. Like comes, out of the shoot, and immediately, first two games, he's playing 20-plus minutes. Also, on my radar, I did not realize this was a bubbling narrative amongst uh, Toronto Maple Leafs media, is that, They've asked the Morgan Riley underrated question multiple times. I was watching the Sheldon Keep post. Get, like, <laughs> did I, I didn't oh, know this. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the one answer where Sheldon Keep got a little perturbed. He did the, like, Connor McDavid thing from earlier in the season. He's like, would you rather outscore your problems <laughs> or lock it down? He's like, I, for the hundredth time, like, yeah, I, I'm not answering this question again. Amazing. He's also done that with the Connor Bedard. Hey, have you had a, yes. a thing to say to Connor Bedard? He's like, I, do, nobody no. gives advice. Like, no. I'm not giving no. him advice. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, Sheldon Keefe was asked, hey, like, Morgan Riley kind of underrated. He's like, no, you keep saying it, so, like, he's properly rated now. Like, this is Makes, a question we've heard a uh, hundred times. Make 7-5. Feels <laughs> fair. <laughs> All right. Yeah,
1: he was great last night, though. I loved him jumping in, yes. setting up
0: Matthews on the play. That's he's playoff, good. Mo. That's yeah. what you want. Yeah, he's, he's just, like, good. Okay. Yeah. Team's top defenseman. All right. Mm-hmm. When we come back, uh, John Morant, pretty big return, I'd say. And uh, could we see another NHL head coach? Fired in the coming days, that and more next as the fan morning show continues. Bananas. Brent Gunning, Sports at Five Ninety The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Four seven five nine in the fan, Van at his friend gunning. He's got that dog in him. He does. Uh, John Moran, according to the broadcast and confirmed by other sources, uh, the most points ever scored following a 25 game absence. <laughs> uh, so, so better than Ron Artest, his return to the lineup. Okay. Um, yeah. meta and, world d- peace. Put some respect on sorry. it. Sorry. And others. 34 points yesterday in the Grizzlies. 115, 113 win. Over Zion Williamson in the New Orleans Pelicans, including the the game winner, the buzzer beater. Um, yeah, he was suspended for 25 games because mm-hmm. twice, like not not a, not not a lesson learned after once going on Instagram live mm-hmm. and flashing a piece. Do you think that that was more fun for him than going on Instagram live with
1: a gun or not? I feel like it's, he probably enjoyed mo just as fun. Like it, I
0: think the fallout from going on Instagram with a gun is, not as fun, but it did seem in the video like God, he was having a lot of. Never fun. not
1: going to be incredible to me how people cannot get out of their own way. Good on him for coming back last night and having that performance. Like happy to move on, but it I I just every time I have seen him talk in the lead up to this, we talk I see it all the time. People just fumbling the bag, being unable to stop saying a dumb thing or doing a dumb thing. In this case incredible this story like i feel like we kind of all have made our peace with it or we've 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 realized it but now that he's back in the news i cannot not paper that over it is just such an insane story the guy with the whole world at his feet Mm. can't stop doing this incredibly idiotic thing quite frankly
0: yeah it's it's idiotic i mean it's to me, more idiotic to be the friend who twice goes yes. on Instagram live and, like, I guess is still a part of the crew. I, I that, can't imagine you are, but, I like... Don't know. I'm, I don't know. It seems like a loyal I do not, have,
1: do not have sources inside John Morant's uh, crew.
0: Anyway, so this is now being marketed as, like, this incredible triumph, like, human adversity, uh, overcoming obstacles. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, he, like Draymond Green, was in counseling for... I, what exactly? I'm not sure. Like, um... <laughs> Not bringing guns out in public, and speaking of the Draymond Green of it mm-hmm. all, he tweeted in support of John Morant, mm-hmm. as did LeBron James. I don't know if you think that's anything. Like it's it, it's it's quite. Telling to me, I think yep. that this guy has the universal support, seemingly, of his peers. I don't, I don't know about the the teammates thing. Because yeah. there was outside of the gun stuff, there was a lot of conversation around John Morant before he went away. That this is a guy that, boy, if he could ever like not go out all the time mm-hmm. on the road, that would really <laughs> increase our our chances of winning. Obviously, you take the the bad with the amount of good mm-hmm. that he provides you. But yeah, it's interesting for me to see. A couple of guys publicly stumping for for John Moran coming off a 25 game suspension. Not remotely surprised. I I laid out my thoughts on the
1: matter, but if I want to look at it from another perspective, he wasn't. You know, I mean, he could have very easily, but he wasn't hurting anyone. You know, he wasn't no, doing something with the gun. He was. I like, agree. So again, and, like and, I I have my own sensibilities. I have my own thoughts. I have right. my own views on the matter, and I feel like you all just heard them there, yeah. but. If you're a LeBron James and, you know, the other thing I didn't buy, I should have looked out of this is like, who's his agency? Is he a clutch guy? How much does that part, you know, bleed into all of this? But it's not lost on me that LeBron, you know, he does, I think, see himself, you know, I'm sure some people say rightfully so. I'm sure some people will say not. But as a father figure for the league. I think. And so I think he sees this as a young guy who has had mm. some missteps that again, it must be must be noted that one of the most remarkable parts of LeBron's career is that we never had anything like this from from him or anything really in that regard. And hey, to your point, uh, shout out Chris Carter. Maybe this is having the right people around him. Mm. Maybe that's a part of the story. But I think that this is just a wholesome character. I I do tend to believe that, but also no one's an angel and no one's perfect. But I think there is, I think the thing he sees in this with John Morant is, hey man, this is a incredibly talented young player who has done something, who again, my views and thoughts on the matter aside, didn't actually harm anyone. If he can have this be his come to Jesus moment or, you know, his smack upside the head that makes him see things the right way. I think that people are looking at, looking at it this way as a nice pivot for him. Again, I don't look at it as some wholesome story or anything along those lines, but
0: I'm not surprised that the the players would have his back in that regard. It's funny that he returns to the court against Zion Williamson. Incredibly funny. Yeah. Right. Like the top two (laughs) picks in that draft. And, yeah, poor RJ. Like was viewed as the uh, the booby prize, and mm-hmm. uh, that the uh, reputation has only since increased. Yep. Um, but yeah, Zion Williamson had his own little narrative this season because he eats all the food. Apparently, mm-hmm. like, listen, that's not me. That's I. Those, these <laughs> are reports. Okay, this is not fat shaming. But this yep. is like yes, the, the legitimate reports out of New Orleans that the conditioning has been an issue mm-hmm. for Zion. He refuses to listen to anybody within that organization. What would you rather have? Like, what? what's the vice that you'd rather have your star player? Like, ever, all your uh-huh. hopes and dreams pinned on one player. The guy who can't get into the gym, he can't be talked to, can't be uh-huh. reasoned with when it comes to conditioning. Or the guy who, yeah, could be suspended for 50 games tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to... A...
1: Man... Uh, This can age poorly, I'm almost certainly. I'm going to go with Ja on that one. I feel like this has been a bit of a lesson learned thing, and you can't suspend Zion Williamson for every chef in New Orleans again. Not my report. Talked to Stephen A. Smith about it. Dying to meet him because they just want to feed him. (laughs) Right. Okay? So, I don't... Zion Williamson's been in the league for a handful of years now. You are starting to get to that point where if the... Legacy stuff mattered. If being that guy in the league, being who are you supposed to be, you would think that that Mm -hmm. would lead itself to changes off the court, and clearly that isn't necessarily happening. So, uh, like, I don't particularly care Zion Williamson. I if the Pelicans never become anything, if he never becomes what he is supposed to be, not going to bother me one way or another. But I don't know how you cannot. See, and I mean, I know the answer to this. It's that he gets paid 30 million bucks a year already. And guess what? He's fed it because he is still great, despite not being the best version of himself. So yeah, I
0: I feel like you gotta go jaw there. Yeah, I agree. I I I just like factually, you know. As long as he stays on the court, yeah, like there's not a question about. No, Ja for Zion. I I mean, I guess it's also as long as he can stay on the court. But the reason you think he might not be able to stay on the court is yeah. because of the other thing. Yeah. And the other
1: thing I have to say about and this should be Zion that we talk about in this way. But John Morant, you know, I, there are players that are more aesthetically pleasing, I suppose. But we haven't seen a freak of nature at that size Buddy. since unreal. since early Derrick Rose. He's he undeniable. That is the guy that I keep going back to of, and you know, like the, before the knee injuries and they're different players and, you know, Derek Rose, you know, you want to talk about a guy having that dog in I'm like, Derek mm-hmm. Rose had it in spades. I'm not saying Morant doesn't, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, that it's, it's remarkable to see him be that guy. And again, we should be mm-hmm. talking about Zion that way. I should come on here every day thinking not about when and the freak he is the biggest freak in the NBA should be mm-hmm. Zion in terms of that Size, speed, height, weight, all that stuff, but it's just not, it's not coming to fruition.
0: In an ideal scenario, you are LeBron James, or you're just the best, and like there's nothing else uh, ancillary and the yada, 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 yada. But like there's a lot of guys, like there is an element of needing to have like a couple of screws loose to be at the absolute peak of your powers. Yeah. I was actually thinking about the Raptors a little bit Mm -hmm. in watching that game. Do any nice guys? I, not to put too fine a point on it, and again, like, uh, I I'd take Kawhi Leonard, who seems yeah, like yeah. pretty straight-laced and like not a lot going on there and just dominant, right? Yeah. But yeah, He also they,
1: doesn't want to talk to anybody on his team.
0: Yeah, and no. like, hey, Pascal can get angry at an sure. official and Scotty Barnes. Like, okay, there, there was some off-court stuff maybe happening a season ago, but like n- not uh, in the same vein. It was more no. like, uh hey, like buying my own hype a little too much before mm-hmm. I'd accomplished too much. But yeah th- – th- Kyle Lowry had some Jerk. of that, right?
1: Uh, Fred VanVleet.
0: Fred VanVleet Jerk. had some of that. Again, talent overrides all of it. Totally. But this is, boy, a pretty vanilla Raptors team as far as personalities are concerned.
1: Yeah, I mean, even OG, like, he's the funny guy. And I, I actually, unlike athlete funny, I think he actually is legit right. funny. But he's, he's your classic buddy who, <laughs> wait, what did you say? I don't know. It's like, we all have that friend who yeah. will say the thing half under their breath. And that kind of feels like, Oh gee, see You know, I've done the personality thing with him uh, a million times. If he feels almost caught between two worlds because he was not a lead dog on that team that won the title. He's a really important piece. I maybe sometimes undercount how important he was in that title run. It's entirely possible, but he's, he was never that guy on that team. And now he is supposed to be this guy on that one. And it just is never, Seem to mesh for me in in that in that regard, and then Scotty Barnes, I actually think does have a bit of that in him. But when you played three games or three seasons, and we're going to be at that point when this one's said and done, where none of the games matter, or like maybe you have a playing game. Oh, great, playing tournament game, with the real high stakes there. Yeah. I, I think that there's there's some element of you know nurture versus nature, and I think it could be brought out of Scotty Barnes, but not not in this situation. Yeah,
0: in a different scenario, and I get, like you don't want to target those guys necessarily, but it is. It's interesting, right? Like, this is a very underwhelming, disappointing Raptors team. Well, and if that, you want to go. I'm not surprised they're five or four games under yeah. 500 or whatever, but they should be. Like, the front office is surprised. And mm-hmm. maybe given different personalities, well, you'd see that. who's the nicest that, guy of
1: them all? You'd Coach Darko.
0: Sure. Yeah, That the, if, if there were a couple of different personalities, a little more forceful personalities, would we see? I mean, there'd be potential negative side effects, especially with a disappointing season like this. Like, maybe you would have the infighting and, like, these – Stories mm. leaking out of the Raptors locker room that the guys are at each other's necks, but like maybe you would have a little more accountability on the court when, like, you have to take two timeouts in the first seven minutes of a game against the Charlotte Hornets. Like, I don't know.
1: Uh, homework for you because you're off Friday for tomorrow. Uh-huh. You got to cook up a Raptors Draymond Green trade because it sounds like you're just <laughs> saying they need to trade for Draymond, I, is what I I'm would hearing. Love it. <laughs> I mean, from a content perspective, oh, please, no, please, all, yes, all the, please.
0: Yeah, for all the reasons. Anyways. Uh,
1: all right. I don't think that's going to happen.
0: We, we didn't get to the Sabres and Don Granada. We'll get to that at, at some point, probably yes. in the next segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll swing back around to the Toronto Maple Leafs and the luck aspect of yesterday's loss to the New York Rangers. How much do we want luck involved in our, our sports discussions? And how much of a factor is it mm-hmm. in what's happened to the Leafs in the last seven plus years? That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.